Rattled and Shook is released weekly, every Thursday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to listen ad-free, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes. For more information, check out the show notes. Now, enjoy the episode. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. What what the hell is that? That was a weird noise. It's like someone moving furniture. Or you have a gremlin in your walls. I don't know which one I want less. What is happening? Whoa. Should we name the gremlin? Sure. Herbert. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Herbert it is. I don't know. You, you didn't um, you know, pitch anything yourself. I was going to say Anne. I was going <laughs> to say Anne. I think we roll with it. Okay. Hey. I'm April. And I'm Meredith. This is Rattled and Shook, a podcast where we tell scary stories and discuss our deepest, darkest fears. But in a fun way. (laughs) (laughs) That's, oh, it's screws. It is them moving in. So there are some neighbors moving in next door. (laughs) Should we go get them on the podcast? Hey, you. Sounds like you know how to use a drill. Want to come over? (laughs) (laughs) That rolled off your tongue too seamlessly (laughs) i don't speak this way to people (laughs) i don't do these things you know i'm proud of you oh thanks speaking of creatures lurking in walls here's our first story so around nine or ten years ago i was living with my mom dad and older sister in an oldish house in a very small village like when i say small I mean, its only main feature was a small church and a few scattered houses occupied mostly by very old people. At the time, it was the summer, so I wasn't at school or anything, and since we were so far in the middle of nowhere, I spent most of that time at home, glued to one screen or another. The usual routine was I'd wake up around 10 or 11. By this point, mom, dad, and sister had all left for work, so I had the house to myself. I should give a quick rundown of our house. It was an older cottage with two rooms upstairs, mine and my sister's, and everything else downstairs. As you walk up the stairs, you got to a very small landing and could either go left to my room or immediate right to my sister's room. We were basically in a large attic where the roof slanted down. Because of where the slant met the wall, we had crawl space that ran the length of the house on either side of the rooms. Anyway, this one morning I've woken to a familiar noise. Some sort of small creature rustling around in the crawl space on my sister's side. I could hear this because my bed was against the wall that ran along it. Not an unusual noise, living in the countryside we had mice almost constantly. I thought nothing of it and went off to begin my morning ritual of toast and television. The first odd thing I noticed was while watching TV I could hear movement upstairs. My sister's room was directly above the living room, so I assumed she'd just not gone to work that day for whatever reason and continued munching. Around an hour or two later, I went back upstairs and booted my PC. As I was waiting, 
I turned around to open my door and face my sister's closed one and realized it was late in the day and she had yet to leave her room. An odd thing since she normally parked up on the sofa in the living room on her days off. We're not the most active family. I started to think that maybe she was at work and I'd imagined the noise from upstairs, but as I mused this, I noticed the crack of light at the bottom of her door as a shadow passed by. Okay, so there's definitely someone in there. So it must be her, right? I once again pushed it from my mind and went back to my PC. More time passed and the thought came back to me. Why would she be at home but not leave? I glanced back around and again saw a shadow under the door. She was still moving around in there. So what was up? I finally decided to go knock on her door. I knocked a few times and said her name. No answer. Weird, but maybe she had headphones or something on. I knocked a bit harder again and said her name again but louder. No answer. Alright, I thought, fuck this. So I cracked the door open and peered around. I found an empty room. No one inside at all. Feeling slightly confused but better that it was just my imagination, I stepped in properly and looked around and saw something that made me full-on panic. Near the bottom of her little door leading to the crawl space, there was a small hole that the mice had made to get in and out of the bottom. There, coming through that hole, were four fingers, holding the door shut from the inside. At first I thought, no, it can't be fingers, until I watched them slowly creep back through the hole into the crawl space. I lost my shit. Very quietly though, I might add. I backed out of the room, shutting the door behind me and ran to my room. Being the stupid teenager I was, I grabbed what might be the most imposing weapon I could find. The fake Winchester rifle cap gun I got from Disneyland a few years previous. I ran off downstairs to where my dogs were on the far side of the house and called my mom, who worked about a five minute drive from our house. She told me to stay put and that her and her manager were on their way. In this time, I made a small upgrade from fake plastic rifle to one of my dad's golf clubs. Finally, my mom and her boss, John, turns up and I tell them everything leading up to this point and we all set off upstairs to investigate. Me, rather unheroically, bringing up the rear with my golf club. We get into my sister's room and I point to the door. I'll never know if my mom is just hard as nails or massively stupid, but while John and I watch, she marches over to the door, yanks it open and sticks her head in. A moment passes while she looks left and right, and John and I are preparing to yank her back from the clutches of the psycho hobo murderer before she shouts, Chris, what the fuck are you doing in there? Get out. Small amount of backstory. Chris was my sister's boyfriend. Unbeknownst to me, the night before my dad had asked Chris to leave as he had stayed with us for around five days at this point, he said, yep, that's cool, and as far as my mom and dad knew, he'd headed home. What really happened was him and my sister had planned to make it seem like he'd left, then he could stay another night. He then would wake up before my mom shouted my sister up for work like she did every morning, and would hide in the crawl space and sleep there until everyone had left for the day. The one small hitch in the plan they did not think of was, you guessed it, me. My mom swiftly told him to get the fuck out and not come back. Sadly, this was not the last time that we experienced this guy. It turned out he'd stolen quite a bit of money from my sister's room while he'd been hiding out. 
and then, because my sister makes terrible decisions, got her pregnant and proceeded to smash windows trying to get at her and the baby around a year later. When I went to uni, he was spending time at the prison there for stabbing someone in a completely different town. Super guy, right? Chris, that image is terrifying. The fingers on the fingers the under door. the door. Yeah. Yes. And then like slowly receding back in. Mm-hmm. My parents' house has similar like doors around the eaves where there's like tiny doors to mm-hmm. get around like the eaves at the top floor. I've never liked them. So did you have spaces in your house where people could hide potentially? Yeah. Don't love it now that I think about it. How does someone end up living in your house without you knowing? Now we need to check for these things. 100%. It can go for years. That part, that part's crazy to me mm-hmm. because I feel like you basically have to go outside um, to exist as a human. Just all the vitamins you'd be deficient in. Oh, know? yeah. Well, you hear these stories and it's like, oh, the food went missing. But if it's a family, they can just like point the finger at each other. If you're living alone, it's a lot harder to get away with that because it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. What would you do if you, okay, you're living alone and you're, you make a sandwich and you put it in the fridge and then it's gone. But the plate's there. Um, I'd be like, this is a really cheeky ghost. That would be my first You would think ghost? <laughs> reaction. I, the thing is that would involuntarily pop into my mind, but in reality, I'd be like, someone is taunting me, you know, the empty plate in the fridge. Yeah. That's like that's like a calling card or something. I think the first thing I do is be like, did I forget that I ate mm-hmm. this? And then I'd go through like I'd have a split second of like, did I go on a bender? <laughs> do I have amnesia? <laughs> like I'd go through that and then I would go through who has access to my house. Mm-hmm. Did a maintenance person, did like a friend that I gave a key to. And then after I went through those, I think I would move. <laughs> A proportionate response. <laughs> Thank you. I thought so too. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. 
This next story might make you want to check out. You'll see what I mean. I worked as a flight attendant for a few years when I decided to take an extended sabbatical from college. There were a handful of situations I encountered, but one in particular still makes my skin crawl more than any other. I was born and raised in Texas, but I'd moved to New York when I was 21. So when I found out at the beginning of a week-long trip that I'd have a couple of overnights in Austin, I was super excited to go to my home state for a few days. So I get to the hotel downtown. The crew and I check in, and then we head off to our rooms. Short elevator ride, and I get to mine, where not even five minutes later, there's a loud, hard knock on the door. It was only around 1 or 2 p.m., and I hadn't called either my dad or brother to let them know I was in town yet, so they wouldn't know what room. I assumed it was maybe one of my crewmates, so I headed to the door. Before even making it to the door, however, a loud male voice on the other side boomed. The front desk sent me about the bathroom problem you called in. Before trying to open the door. Unlock the door and open up, miss. I need it now. I froze in my tracks. I hadn't even been in the bathroom yet, let alone called anything to the front desk. I'm a petite chick, and while I take no shit from anyone despite my size, I still err on the side of caution. Slowly inching toward the door to look out the peephole, all I could tell was that the man on the other side was at least six feet tall and easily over double my weight. No way in hell was I going to unlock the door. I responded to the guy, telling him that he must have the wrong room. He continued pounding on the door while constantly turning the handle, telling me no, he needed in and was getting in the room one way or another. I panicked, but thankfully had the sense to grab the phone and call the front desk. The concierge confirmed that they had neither sent anyone up to my room, nor had they received a call about the bathroom. The entire time, this fucking guy was still determined to get in my room, pounding and yelling. Lucky for me, the front desk had dispatched security to my floor. When the security officer stepped off the elevator a few seconds later, I can hear them in the hall approach and ask the guy who he was, what he was doing, and telling him he needed to leave the hotel. He immediately gets hostile and aggressive towards them, and the front desk clerk I'm still on the phone with tells me the police have been called and are on their way. In the meantime, I'm trapped in my room, scared shitless. Long story short, the cops show up pretty quickly and manage to arrest the guy for trespassing and criminal menacing or some shit. I later found out that the guy was also wanted in connection to a string of break-ins and violent sexual assaults in Austin. He had seen and stalked me from the minute I entered the hotel lobby. Nothing else happened after that, but it still rattled the fuck out of me for the rest of my stay in that hotel. And for good reason. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this one is like too real. That makes me think of that most recent story about someone who was killed in like a hotel room. And it was a motel, I think, where like the doors open to the outside. But it happened recently, like some woman was murdered. And the guy just literally, the I guess security footage shows he like rolled up on a bike and just walked in a room. Well, I've heard of people like pretending to be a guest in that room and saying like, oh, I lost my key. Can I get another key? And then they get into your room. Yeah, I always use the deadbolt. Yes. In hotel rooms. Deadbolt. And I saw a TikTok video of a flight attendant showing her like security protocols every time she checks into a new hotel room. She leaves her door open while she like kind of checks the room. And then when she gets in the room, she puts, and I've seen this before, it's like a travel chain. Yeah. 
for the door and then she gets one of those um the stick things that I, like i saw that you had it the thing <laughs> that goes under the door i was like i wonder if she saw that i have braces that. against the floor my my friend had that send me this the video. doorknob i will <laughs> i do have one hotel experience very recently i'm talking beginning of march um i was at a hotel in las vegas uh-huh. and i was i had just checked in and there'd kind of been some confusion about my room you know earlier at the front desk anyway i was just sitting on the bed on my phone or something and i hear a buzz at the door and i was like thinking like housekeeping and then just a guy walks in with his suitcase and looks at me sitting on the bed and goes well this is different (laughs) (laughs) and i was like oh no the optics here are that this man just got here on his business trip to las vegas and there's already a woman on his bed my god (laughs) and i was like um Hey, and don't worry, it was kind of funny. Like he yeah. was also like, hmm, uh, I would also like my room to be empty. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm going to go down to the the front desk. So you just, uh, and he was like, oh, I'll go take a call outside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, perfect. And then like, I just got a different key. And I was like, don't worry, I'm going to a different room. <laughs> you can have this room. It did make me be like, oh, yeah, hotel keys. Yeah, those are not entirely foolproof. Mm-hmm. So I have a plan for situations like this. But I would need to prepare. Please share. Okay. I'm going to get, you know, like the talk boy that Kevin uses in Home Alone to book the hotel room at the plaza? Oh, I am familiar. <laughs> How do you do? This is Peter McAllister, the father. So I would use something like that. But it would have to be like how it's used in Scream. You know, like a, a voice changer. Yes. A device. And I would just pretend to be the scariest man I could think of. How about we insert a little clip of you here doing what you're saying you would do? Go away, I'm a scary man. Or maybe like just being really weird. Still changing the pitch of your voice, but they're like, let me in. It's like, what's the password? Yeah. We're all waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, wait. So in this scenario, the plumber is like, I'm here to deal with the situation. He's like, I'm coming in whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. Like, open up, miss. And then a deep deeply pitched male voice would come through thank god because it is a mess in there (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna need to lay some tarp down so we'll preface this next part with the fact that i have not seen many horror movies at all and i have seen a lot of horror movies and have you ever noticed that sometimes a rom-com movie plot is actually a little creepy when you think about it and that brings us to a game we call Rom-com or horror movie? We are going to describe movies for one another using maybe some vague language to keep it a little difficult. And then the person will have to guess if it's a rom-com or a horror movie. And then they'll have to guess which movie it is. Okay, April. Are you ready? Yeah. Bring it. Here we go. A man conceals his identity online and manipulates a subordinate into loving him. Shit. That sounds familiar. And look, I'm taking liberties. I mean, initially, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think it's right because she doesn't work for him. But I did think of You've Got Mail. It is You've Got Mail. Oh. But he's buying her store. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Like that little like. Yay. Okay. A long-married couple looking to reignite the passion in their relationship takes a weekend getaway to a remote cabin. After several failed attempts at intimacy, they're forced to confront the reality that their relationship may have run its course. 
It's a horror movie? Yes. Is Leonardo DiCaprio in it? No. Right. What are you thinking of? No reason. <laughs> horror movie. Does someone get ch- chained to a bed at any point? Okay, well, I think you guessed it. Oh, shoot. Okay, I don't remember the name of this movie, and I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about, and uh-huh. I'm going to get it. Okay. And it's Stephen King wrote it, right? Yep. Holy shit. Oh, my God, I'm actually getting it. <laughs> but it has it's two words. Mm-hmm. It's alliteration. With H's? With E's. <laughs> it's not with H's or E's? No. no, it's with G's. Yes. I can't remember. Like I I'm, can't believe you can remember that, but you yes, can't remember the title. A, that's how my crazy brain works. <laughs> I do remember that it's like a... It's a guy's name. Gregory? Nope. George? Nope. Gordon? <laughs> it's not Jerry. No, that's Gary's game. No. Keep going. Gerald? Yes. Gerald's game. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm Yay. putting that on my movies I need to watch list because now I have a, an emotional attachment. The ever-growing list of four <laughs> movies I need to watch since beating April. I have a lot of I'm, lists. I'm here to make your life a little bit worse. <laughs> okay, here's mine. A slightly odd and controlling but prepared man protects at all costs a woman he barely knows from an unsafe world state. Is it like a dystopian thing? Or what, are you, what genre are you guessing? Horror or rom-com? I mean, I would guess horror if it's dystopian. Yes, it is horror. Okay. And yeah, I'd say it's dystopian. Okay. Can you tell me when it came out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2016. 2016? Mm-hmm. It's not the only one of its kind. It's not Mad Max Fury Road, is it? No, but I love that movie. It's a great one. I have another idea, but I don't want... I feel like I just did Christopher Walken. <laughs> I have another <laughs> idea. <laughs> that was excellent. <laughs> is it a superhero franchise? No. It actually is exactly kind of what it sounds like. Like it's not it's not a big world in that way. <gasps> 10 Cloverfield Lane. Absolutely. Yay! I like that movie. That movie is I just freaky. rewatched that recently. I love that. Woo. Okay. All right, I'll do this one. A hapless dude who can't seem to break it off with the girl he's dating inadvertently invites her on his bros trip. To the delight of one of his friends. Midsummer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. A star is stalked unknowingly by their clinically depressed ex-boyfriend. <laughs> so he doesn't realize he's stalking her? Is that? It's not Notting Hill, is it? No. Okay. Oh, God. Unknowingly followed. Followed unknowingly. On, like, socials or physically? Physically. Oh! Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes, got it. Bada bing, bada boom. All right, hit me. A guarded college student who is having doubts about the guy she's dating is temporarily swayed when he attempts to prove his feelings by performing a song and dance number for her in front of her many classmates. Ten things I hate about you. Wait, did you say high school? I said college. Oh, do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. I, sorry. I got I blinded kind of by that. I worded it that way so you might think of 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, f***. This is an early 2000s movie, isn't it? A late 90s? It's franchise. It's a franchise. Mm-hmm. In the 90s? A 90s? That starts in the 90s. 
the most recent movie like just came out. Oh my god. Is it a ro- romance though? Nope. Oh. This is a horror movie. Mhm. Okay, there we go. Now, I'm sorry. I was actually trying to think of a rom-com. Well, that was kind of my intention. Is this a uh, Halloween? No. No. But do you know what I mean cuz that just came out? Mm-hmm. Didn't it come out with Halloween ends. I, d- I don't know how it started, so I guessed. <laughs> okay, let me think. Oh, I think they just did a scream too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And so, what number were they on? Four. I think this is six. Oh my god, six. Mm-hmm. Is this scream one? Keep going. <laughs> scream two. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Okay. I am vaguely aware of which horror movies are coming out. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is embarrassing. <laughs> this is a podcast about horror, and I'm so unqualified. <laughs> from more sponsors. This next story will have you panicking. I was a toddler, no more than three years old, when my family and I lived in a small rented house in Vermont. There are a few things I remember about it. A spiral staircase, a large field. Well, my three-year-old self thought it was large the cold cement floor in my bedroom, and a part of the house that I was strangely drawn to, the basement. I was, and still am, a wanderer, and I also don't mind being alone. Both of those qualities made the basement a sort of getaway. I wasn't allowed down there by myself, but a handful of times, I was able to sneak my way down there. I remember crawling down the stairs like they were a ladder being overly cautious of falling, as I had done before. Sometimes I would hear mumbling coming from somewhere in the basement, but it was too quiet for anything to be discernible. When I got to the last step and turned around, I would see her over in the corner, a mannequin with blonde hair and with an expressionless face. All I would think is she looked like the mannequins in JCPenney or Kmart. I never once thought it was odd she was there. Some basements have exercise equipment. We had a mannequin. Years later, and living in a different home, I decided to bring this up to my mom. Why would we have a store mannequin in our basement? My mother just gave me a strange look and then laughed and said, we never once had a mannequin in any of the places we lived in. To this day, I have no idea what it was that I saw. At the Tenderfoot office, we bought mannequins for radio rental. I bought the mannequins and the outfit and like had to dress the mannequins. But now they're just at Tenderfoot, just standing in different places. Great. (laughs) It's strange buying pants for a mannequin. Yeah. And being like, what size do you think he is? (laughs) Putting it on. I'm buying pants for my boyfriend. Yeah. Here's a picture. (laughs) Do you think he needs a large or a medium? They're like, this is an inanimate figure. I did not like mannequins when I was little. So when we went to the department store, I would avoid them. But they had a piano with a mannequin on like the other side of it. 
And I sat down on the bench and start playing. And out of the corner of my eye, I can see it looks like the mannequin begins to move. And I look up just as it topples onto the piano because I somehow, I guess, bumped into it or moved the piano maybe a little bit or it was coming to get me. The only thing worse than a mannequin is a mannequin and a piano. It's a hat on a hat. It's too much. I already hated shopping enough. Last week, we asked for your irrational fears and you guys delivered. And with a lot of sharks and pools, so thank you for that. But here are some of our favorites. Mothman says about his irrational fear, My biggest fear is that I'll wake up looking down at my bed while I'm on the ceiling. My wife rushing into my room because of my screams tells me that gravity has reversed for me and me alone. Now I count down the days until I step outside and fly up into the great abyss. This has to be one of the most creative and cinematic irrational fears we've heard. But actually, it does kind of remind me of something that hits me in my nightmares a lot, which is that something happened to me and me alone, or I'm experiencing something and no one else around me can relate. So I feel that, Mothman. I feel you on that. Take it away, April. Okay. Grant Robertstad, great name, wrote in, My irrational fear is that in every small crack in the blinds or curtains, someone is on the other side staring at me. Doesn't matter if it's the smallest sliver, I just know a serial killer is on the other side waiting for me. Watching me. LOL. Grant, I share this same fear, which is why I cannot sleep with the door open, even a crack, because I am afraid of a little eyeball looking at me through it. It's also why, at nighttime, I need all of my blinds closed. And I'm on the second floor, so it'd be very hard for someone to get up that high, but you can't be too cautious. And I'm glad, you know, you can laugh about it, even though it's very, very, very real. All right, take care. And uh, keep those irrational fears coming, everybody. See you next week. Rattled and Shook is a Tenderfoot TV production in partnership with Odyssey. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Co-executive producer is Meredith Stedman. Hosted and produced by April Ruha and Meredith Stedman. Lead editor and sound designer is April Ruha. Additional production by Sean Nerney. Production management by Tracy Kaplan and Jordan Foxworthy. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Original art by Puppy Teeth. Follow us on social media at Rattled and Shook.